Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Wednesday the 14th of April. My name is Zara Seidler and helping me make sense of today's news is Sam Kozlowski. Making news today, Christine Holgate's evidence. More AstraZeneca drama. Contaminated water in Japan. And some good news about the rhino. Here's today's Daily Digest. A second case of the rare blood clotting disorder likely linked to the AstraZeneca vaccine has been confirmed by an expert medical panel in Australia. The woman in her 40s is in hospital, but she does remain in a stable conditions. The TGA released a statement yesterday saying there have been about 700,000 doses of AstraZeneca administered in Australia to date. So while numbers are small, two cases of the blood clotting equates to a frequency of one in 350,000. If you want more info on this, head to our Instagram because we uploaded an explainer on this very topic yesterday. Former Australia Post boss Christine Holgate during a Senate committee hearing yesterday said she was humiliated by Prime Minister Scott Morrison and alleged she lost her job at his direction. She said, I lost a job, a job I loved, because I was humiliated by our Prime Minister for committing no offence and then bullied by my chairman, who unlawfully stood me down under public direction of the PM. The Senate inquiry comes after Holgate gifted staff Cartier watches worth $5,000 last year. Over to international news, and Japan is set to release over 1 million tonnes of contaminated water from the Fukushima nuclear site into the ocean almost a decade after the nuclear disaster. The fishing industry has been quick to oppose the proposal, claiming that there's already a reluctance from Japanese residents to eat fish from the Fukushima area. The decision is also likely to anger Japan's neighbouring countries like South Korea, China and Taiwan, after each country previously voiced opposition to the move. And today's good news. Nepal's rhino population has increased 16% since 2015. Ghana Gurung, a country representative of WWF Nepal, commented on the ongoing efforts, saying the overall growth in population size is indicative of ongoing protection and habitat management efforts by protected area authorities despite some challenging contexts in these past years. Every five years, Nepal conducts a count of rhinos to monitor their status in the wild. There's a particularly interesting opinion piece in the New York Times. We'll put a link in the notes of this episode. It's titled, It's Time to Rethink the Olympics. And what we thought we'd do today is have a look at where the Olympics are at, they're really soon, and some of the dramas surrounding the 2021 Games. Given where we're at at the moment as a country with our vaccine rollout and generally where foreign countries are with dealing with second, third, even fourth waves, having a massive international event with travellers from all over the world just seems wildly idealistic. What are the chances of it actually going ahead at this point? Well, the first thing to note is that game organisers have been very clear that there is no plan B. It's either going to happen in July or they're going to skip until 2024. But things in Japan are not good. The coronavirus rates are creeping up and the nation's vaccine rates are lagging behind where the government expected them to be at this point. Organisers in Japan actually had to reroute the torch relay this week to prevent it from going through areas that are currently facing a mini outbreak. It does seem a bit far-fetched that 11,000 athletes from all over the world are going to descend on one place in only six or eight weeks' time. I mean, they made the Australian Open happen. It's a good point, and there's some similar public sentiment around the Tokyo Olympics as there was in Australia before the Aussie Open. I remember you and I had a big chat about public sentiment and the role that should play. Well, it's worth considering that a recent Kyoto News poll showed that 72% of Japanese people don't want the games to occur. 
To go deeper into that poll, 40% of people thought the games should be cancelled altogether, while 30% thought they should be rescheduled to a much later date. According to the Wall Street Journal, only 1% of Japan's population is currently vaccinated against COVID-19. Despite all of this, as of right now, the opening ceremony is scheduled for July 23, and the closing ceremony is scheduled for August 8. An interesting semantic point, we're still going to call the Olympics Tokyo 2020, even though they're happening in 2021. So we're going to have to get used to that in the programming. And there's going to be a few major differences with how we see it on our TVs this year. There's obviously no overseas spectators. And while specifics around capacity of venues is yet to be finalised, we can safely assume that they're going to be a far away from full stadiums. So Kurt Streeter from the New York Times basically argued that the game should be canned for a number of reasons, but primarily, apart from the obvious health risks, is the massive cost at a time of such economic uncertainty for most of the world. The fact that $15.4 billion have been spent on the games, uh, which includes $3 billion on actually rescheduling the games from this time last year, is really hard for a lot of people to get their heads around. Interestingly, he suggests a new model of Olympic Games for a post-COVID world, and that's a decentralized model. So actually, there being no host city, but rather individual events throughout the world that are simultaneously held. This could allow more flexibility in the scheduling, and events could be held in somewhere like Australia, where we have relatively low case numbers, and hopefully by then, a bit more of our population vaccinated. A similar piece popped up in The Guardian where they said that ultimately the Olympics are still happening only because of the huge dollars at stake for the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, and the sponsors involved. So over the last week, we've discussed these massive second and third waves that have hit countries like India, like Brazil. Are we expecting to see them send a delegation to the Olympics? It's very difficult to see how that could possibly happen given the current circumstance. It's an odd discussion to have when Brazil is having 4,000 deaths a day and India is having 125,000 new cases. It, It does seem odd to me that countries would even have to consider what they do for a major sporting event. Nonetheless, what experts think will happen is that some countries will be asked not to attend the Games if they have particularly high infection rates. That calls the entire notion of the World Olympics into question. It's no longer going to be representative of every country on the planet, which is what makes the Olympics so unique. Since the beginning of the pandemic, the Olympics have been held up now as this light at the end of the tunnel, this moment that the world can celebrate being past the pandemic. But I think we all have to get used to the idea that this is not how it's going to work. And the Tokyo Olympics of 2021, if they go ahead, which it looks like they will, are not going to feel like the Olympics that we know and love. That's all the sport we have time for today and hopefully for the rest of the week. But in the meantime, we'd really appreciate if you could like and subscribe to our podcast and even leave a comment if you'd like. We depend on these for the podcast to grow and we'd really, really appreciate your support. Have a fab day.